Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 259 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, I remember the cat this time. <laughs> you did, you did. Well done, you. You've remembered the bit of the end of the intro you're using to troll me. Yes, of the intro that I put together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. It has been a long and, and fun day today. Yes, you've had a busy day today. It has been everything. It started off being t- told I was too old for a TV show, which is nice. By <laughs> um, a very nice talent scout. Um, <laughs> and uh, then, then, it, then it went downhill from there. No, it didn't. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's been it's been a good and and manic day, and I am desperately looking forward to this mysterious thing I have heard of called sleep. <laughs> yes, this very elusive thing that you don't get much of. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so the talent scout had seen your videos and assumed you were younger than you actually are. I mean, which is fair enough because you do not look anywhere near your age. So, yeah, they were looking for eighteen to twenty-five year olds. That's the second time that's happened now, and it, it goes. I mean, I find it quite funny, but I think it's very awkward for the people on the other end of the telephone <laughs> when they ask a few questions and then have to go, "How old are you?" and then realise suddenly that um, they now need to tell me I'm basically a grandma. And <laughs> and, uh, I'm not suitable for the show. So, you know, I'm, I'm very flattered to get such phone calls. Um, but uh, I, I, I feel like they're probably never going to phone me again because they're too embarrassed by the fact that they, they were out by like well over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Yes. It's an easy mistake to make, you know, because you really don't look anywhere near your actual age. And not that I'm going to say what that is, but uh, I'm not surprised people keep making that mistake. Plus, it's not like you act your age as they were. (laughs) But then, neither do, wisely, but then neither do I. So, you know. <laughs> well, I've, I've always lived by a very, very uh, strict rule of life, which is um, act grown up for things that require you to. Exactly. Uh, which yes. include health, finances, friendships, relationships and so forth. And there is absolutely no reason to grow up when it comes to anything else. In fact, I, I deem that to be a negative thing. Yeah, absolutely um, agree with you. Yes. Having fun is not something you should grow out of at all in any in any way shape or form and um, I, I think sometimes people mistake me being too old to care for me being young and confident <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was not like this when I was 18 to 25 no that's it with with age comes wisdom and experience well experience and <laughs> laziness and just lack of giving a beep I think is the uh, yes, yes. Well. You, you learn sort of when you get to when you get to my age love, you learn that you <laughs> <laughs> you can't please all the people all the time, so you might as well just play computer games and get some Lego and chill. Absolutely with you there. So other than being mistaken for being much younger than you actually are, what else have you been doing this week? Well, when I finished being flattered, but also totally not cast for this TV show, I, um, <laughs> I've i been playing a few well, new, new, but new to me games. Not new games, but yes. new to me. Um, so I was playing in the Crystal Castles tournament on Ant stream on friday oh cool yes uh briefly i always seem to briefly be in 17th place uh, that <laughs> seems to be a recurring theme and then everyone else is playing for the rest of the weekend and then i look back and i'm sort of 20th to 40th and, right. uh, you know, the, the difference between me and the winners are like you know multiple zeros uh but i hadn't played i was 
was aware of Crystal Castles. I'd, I'd seen it around, you know, it's, yeah. it's been around for a while. It's, it's on the C64 uh, and it was an arcade game as well. And um, it's it's if you sort of take the idea of Pac-Man, yes, but you make it isometric, and you could go up and down on just lifts on the level and things, which could be slightly tricky to control. In the arcade, it was a rollable, right? Okay, yes, which, which sort of worked more naturally rather than using the the up, down, left, right keys as I was doing on the uh, on the keyboard because my controller refused to talk to the computer that day, right? And um, you're you're collecting gems, and there's bad guys who follow you around and have different behaviors similar to the ghosts, but instead of hitting one thing and turning them to be vulnerable there's different things for each one. Oh, okay right yes so, so you've got to get a, there's the specific a hat you can pick up then you've got a limited amount of time you can take out a witch there's um these these like caterpillars standing on their hind legs that eat the gems but while they're eating they're vulnerable because they're not paying attention yes so you have to time it right to get them uh there's a, a swarm of bees that had me screaming about bees a lot on stream that you have to get the honey and that distracts them for a bit and uh there was a bit where i died near the end where i was just yelling why is a tree attacking me um, <laughs> And then, then I decided to I should move on to a different game for the rest of the evening because I was yelling at a pixelated tree. Yes. Um, it was amusing for everybody else. I uh, made small <laughs> progress in Alien Isolation. I, I now live in a cupboard. Yes, IRL, pretty as much. The, uh, as the youth say that I'm apparently now part of. Um, <laughs> li- living in a cupboard. Can't live in cupboards in the game anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've what are you going to much. do? <laughs> uh, the, the AI, the Alien Isolation is dual AIs, one that always knows where you are and drip feeds the information to the other one that controls the xenomorph fluffy as we call them yes and um i've i've done too much hiding <laughs> so and, it no uh, longer works they find knows. you oh no so i i i knew i'd done slightly too much hiding in cupboards already halfway through the game and i knew i'd done slightly too much hiding in cupboards because i was just hiding in cupboards just randomly when nothing was actually happening because a noise had happened outside my house <laughs> <laughs> A robin flew past and I hid in a cupboard. We got to this kind of level of fear. And I knew I'd done that too much. So I was taking to hiding in vents underneath the floor. And uh, yeah, it turns, turns out the xenomorph fits in the vents too. Ah, yeah, that's and, not uh, helpful. Well, yes. well, yes, there is a there is a line about them. Uh, they're in the walls or something along those lines in Aliens. So you know, you really should have known that. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the moment, I'm not falling for the line the game is telling me, which is that despite the fact we're halfway through the game and there's clearly more to come, uh, the NPCs keep telling me that the alien has been ejected from the ship, and I'm like, well, it clearly hasn't. All the credits would be rolling. Mate. Yeah, I'm not, not falling for that. No, I'm not falling for that. I already fell for the ruse where I spent an entire stream doing a whole plan we were trying to trap the alien doing this whole plan right and uh, then they backstabbed me lovely yes and and and, and I, I was very I was very angry I was very angry there was a representative from Sega and I was demanding answers <laughs> I was demanding answers as to why I couldn't you know later take them all out and, and, and why my character I kept saying why does my character keep warning NPCs that the creature's here I, I need the, the human shields yeah um, meat so, shields Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure if they'll ever come back to the stream after that. I I might have come across (laughs) slightly more Sith than intended. Um, I then got to another bit with androids and um, (laughs) I I, I got killed by an android. Then I found a shotgun. Okay. And a normal gun. I've put so many bullets in one of those things. It doesn't make any any difference. You have to have like a little thing to short circuit them or you really have to just hide from them. Right, yes. And I was like, that's it. I'm going for that one. I've got a shotgun. I ran at it. I was all, you know, here we go. I'm going to take it out. Yes, this is going to be the first time I kill one of these things. Ran in there with my shotgun. I shot it in the head a couple of times. There was two of them. Um, well, you know, they're, they're androids, so difficult to tell apart, I guess. And you know, I, I, I didn't kill one of them. <laughs> I didn't even kill one of them before they both just just utterly destroyed me. So the, the final kill of the last three wasn't even the xenomorph. It was me doing a whole Leroy Jenkins moment, of <laughs> <laughs> running in with a shotgun and immediately being horribly murdered. Um, nice. So yeah, that's a that that was a lesson learned there. Go back to the stealthiness. We'll go back to the stealthiness. Yes. Um, um, the other thing I've been playing, which again, not new to me, um, but not new to the world, but new to me rather, is Limbo. Oh, okay. Yes. That's a, a sort of, it's a platformer, isn't it? I think. It's like a, a puzzle platformer. Yeah. There's a lot of timed bits and a lot of move this to here and do this with this and then that can happen. There's a lot of repetition in it. You die a lot, uh, brutally. Yes. I, I, I was not prepared. It's it's very pretty in its sort of style. Murderiness. It's all, yeah, it's it, it's 
it's kind of it's very dark it's all sort of black and white and done with it's almost like they're cut out shadow things that running yeah, across it this black looks and white very landscape. much like shadow puppet style it has tons of shaders and mist effects and stuff as well there's yeah, this it's incredible sense of depth to it and mm. also the animation has a beautiful whimsical quality that gets across quite a lot of character even though what you're dealing with sometimes are quite simple shapes it's the movement yeah that they've worked on that really brings it to life before you immediately die again um <laughs> and it's genuinely for a platform puzzler that's all in silhouette it, it's it's very creepy and scary and i like it <laughs> <laughs> yes not not your sort of thing so was that another one that they got to use to play as after alien isolation by telling you oh it's a nice platform puzzler they're forcing me to play dead space after alien isolation right. <laughs> okay. uh, that's the next one on the list there that was decided before i'd even finished alien isolation <laughs> is that the of dead course. space was happening because um apparently me being terrified is the uh, most entertaining thing i can do my viewing figures attest to this yes it's hilarious that your viewing figures are like double what they are <laughs> for your other streams yeah um you know and i think i had a little bit of a spike in viewing figures today because i forgot to turn off the jump scares and of course science, yes of course science, it's the fact that they write they, they do the, the cheer to do the, the jump scare and literally the message says just testing in case <laughs> and then the next one's a you know a nice one you know with a little counter or something and it goes sorry not sorry and i'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm not they are mean <laughs> they, they are mean and awesome and yes. um, it's i it i i am starting to some bits of alien isolation i'm starting to enjoy uh, limbo i'm also despite the creepiness i am enjoying but there is a lot of me playing it where you, you know my commentary is normally quite good it's normally quite insightful i interview a lot of indie developers you know yes limbo's an indie game I, I can talk quite a lot about how it's put together but a lot of it was just me saying no 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 that's a giant spider nope it's not one for an arachnophobe because there are giant silhouette spiders in that oh, which oh, are I very that very quickly yes yes it's a very creepy game i think i've played it a little bit actually um i don't know whether it was a show or whether it's one that i bought and played a little bit of but it is really good it's and it just beautifully put together but it's, uh, it's very clever it the puzzles are simple but not they're brutal yes it's a really interesting 2d side platformer thing but i yeah i very well worth picking up his limbo yeah it, it definitely is. it was on my list of things to play i didn't know a huge amount about it i didn't know quite how dark it was mm. uh, apart from the color scheme and it was on my list of things and um, I, I'm gonna it's, it's my Tuesday evening game ongoing for a bit I don't think it's cool. a particularly long game but I think no. it's just supposed to be a very beautiful game but for the entirety of the beginning of the game all anyone was talking about was wait till she gets to the bit with the spider <laughs> And uh, now they've seen that bit, they're now just trying to convince me to play the next game, which is called Inside. Apparently it's even better. Right, okay. Which which I don't know anything about, but apparently no. it takes, you know, all, of, all everything they learnt from Limbo and uh, apparently the next game is even better. And this game is pretty impressive. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I hope it's less less creepy than this one. I'm going to finish this one. We're going yeah. to keep playing it and playing it through. I'm very curious to know if they explain anything of this creepy world that they've, they've thrown us into because um, mm. it is quite sort of morbid and, and whimsical at the same time yeah and fairy tale like and I, i'm curious to know if they actually kind of explain anything because there's there's no dialogue yeah i remember that yes it sort of drops you into it and lets you kind of run about and doesn't tell you anything so uh yeah, yeah normally into spikes yeah um, yeah, yeah, I am definitely, definitely enjoying that one. Uh, other things I've been doing this week include pining after the new Nintendo Lego set. <laughs> yes. Do you want to explain what that is, apart from horrifically expensive? <laughs> it, it is. It is approximately 99% more expensive than I can afford. Um, yes. So just looking at pictures of it on the internet, it's probably where that obsession is going to end. But it it, it was one of the, the latest announcements by Nintendo was that they were making this, this NES Lego set. And to be fair, it's quite large and it is a NES with a cartridge that goes into it and a small TV and you turn a handle on the side of the telly and a level of Mario rotates in the TV and there's a little Mario character on a stick that appears to play the level and <laughs> I think it makes sounds as well. And it, it is very, very nice. Yes. And, 
but horrifically expensive. <laughs> it's very, it is very expensive for something that for a Lego build contains a lot of flat surfaces. Um, yes. But it is the, the ingenuity of making it so the TV screen has a rotating leg, because making Lego rotate. Mm, that's a, quite a, difficult. You know, a little yes. handle so that you can do that. Um, like they, they clearly put a lot of R&D into it. And yeah. it has, it, it, it's caused a, a, a lot of Twitter activity, that one, which yes. is mostly people saying, this is so beautiful, I can't afford it. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's and, uh, 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 yeah. two hundred and twenty nine dollars ninety nine cents. It is yes. in American money. So, uh, which I mean, actually, for a Lego set, if you look at some of the Millennium Falcon things and that sort of stuff, they're sort of what hundred pounds or something. So, you know, it, and there yeah. is a oh, bit. Well, there the, is the a big one. Millennium Falcon's best part of a grand. It's, yeah, he's best part of a grand. So, I mean, you know, some they are quite expensive. Some of those. So, I mean, it's not an unreasonable amount of money compared to other Lego sets. For a branded Lego set of that size, no, it's just... Um, uh, but but it is moment, expensive, yes. No, nobody has that kind of spare cash, no. I think, at the moment. So we're all just kind of sharing pictures of it and, and vaguely sulking, I think, is basically <laughs> what's happening there. The other thing that, that I, I, I'm assuming this is on your list as well, um, finale of Snowpiercer. Yes, yes, this is on my list as well. What did you think of the ending? I like it. Uh, yes, me too. And it sets things up nicely have you seen they've released a little trailer for the opening of the next season as well i have not but i shall check that out later it does now are we going to talk spoilers here i think it's up to you it's, I, I, well, why are you asking I, me it's your show don't put this kind of level of responsibility well, well, on my shoulders <laughs> well i can put a spoiler warning in now and we can talk spoilery about it and I, I can put some music underneath this bit so if you still hear the music when we're talking then it's got spoilers in it so uh, oh, jump yeah. ahead cunning, do, do, cunning. That, do it that way hang on I've got a spoiler jingle spoilers 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 what spoilers there you go <laughs> so I loved the finale I really wasn't expecting it to go the way it did with the second train turning up and basically eating the back carriage of the first train yeah once the second train turned up i did clock what was going to be coming i didn't expect it to be the reveal at the end of the episode mm. but i did clock because there'd been so much foreshadowing in the last sort of five episodes or so about the daughter yes it had been you know showing the photos and talking about that was partly being used to develop melody's character but it, they were i was looking at going hmm that that's a film technique called foreshadowing there yes they're, they're specifically making a big deal of, of these photographs of the daughter and things and then they had a flashback with the daughter in and I was like okay they they very much want this to be in the forefront of our mind so I was once I saw the second the second train I did figure that the daughter would be would be on it but I, I didn't think it was going to be the reveal at the end of the episode that she was just going to be like yo <laughs> yeah I, I hadn't made that connection at all actually I yes I just suck at the foreshadowing stuff but yeah. um, I thought we were going to see Wilford so I was a bit kind well, of disappointed then when it wasn't Wilford, I knew who it was, but I, I didn't expect that. But it has it keeps going in directions that I, I don't expect. And I love how they've taken the material and they started, you know, the, the very first episode of this series was pretty close to the start of the film and the start of the, the graphic novel, from what I understand as well. And then in a very kind of natural way, they have slowly, utterly, completely and utterly deviated from the source material to the point where this is now a completely new thing that has, it's completely like another story inspired by the same origin. Right. And I, I like the way that that hasn't felt at all like a jarring, sudden change in direction. It feels like this is where it was always leading. Yeah, I mean, am I right in thinking that in the film and the comic book, Wilfred is actually on the train? Yes, the front of the train is completely different and the relationship between all the characters and things up that end of the train is, right. is, is completely different. So the whole twist of there not being Wilfred on the train and um, the people in the drawers and, and all this kind of thing, that, that's all the TV show. That's right, all their own okay. work as far as, I'm, as far as I'm aware. That's not in any of the other materials. It certainly uh, was not, not in not in the film um, okay. so they've gone off now in a in a completely 
completely different direction because I was wondering, you know, would they make this as a single series type thing because they're yeah. going to run out of story and because they've changed something that fundamental, they mm. could take the story anywhere. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is the little trailer that they released does actually reveal that Wilford is on the train and they also have revealed who's playing him, which you should already know because we've heard his voice already. You've caught that in one of the earlier episodes. Who is it? Sean Bean. Oh. You actually hear the voice yeah, earlier yeah, on. When, recordings when, and when things, she's yeah. Splicing the recordings together, it's like that's Sean Bean that's weird to get him to do little bits of so and that's the reason why they got him to do the voice there is because he shows up um, mm. and he's it looks certainly from the little trailer that there is for the next season it looks it would appear that he's on the train unless the clips that they were showing are some form of flashback but I don't think they are I think he'll be on the train because the kind of like almost deity like yeah. worship of him that has been built up up as the one thing people are holding on to and stuff gives him an insane amount of power yeah. and presence on the show he has an incredible presence despite not being in that yeah. first series yeah. to, to not have him would make it very difficult to set up another antagonist yeah certainly from the trailer it looks like he's definitely there so uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him turn up because it's, it's unique to have Sean Bean not be dead by the end of a first season and actually starts at the start well, of a second come, season. He's come to life. Yeah, actually come to life rather than be dead. So That's uh, that's the twist, isn't it? That's the twist they were going for. Yeah. That's the headline. Sean so, Bean alive. comes back to life at the end of a series when you think he's been dead the whole time. Yeah, I thought that was a f- just funny kind of bit of play for uh, for them for that. But um, I love Sean Bean, so I'm really happy to see him. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he plays it. I like the idea of it being sort of a Yorkshireman that's uh, the person that built this big train thing as well. It just seems quite appropriate to me. And I'm assuming as well that the daughter is going to be in- indoctrinated. I as would well. suspect so, and yes, as well. She's been sent as an embassy, one, because no one will harm her mm. on, on the original train, but she doesn't look too concerned. No, no. I mean, uh, I, I'm assuming that she's very much been fed the narrative that she was abandoned as he was and he has formed a bit of a trauma bond as a, a secondary parent to the child and it's going to be very difficult for her. She's, she's, she's not doing well, is she? No, it's... Uh, she it, has to make all the difficult decisions and every, everybody hates her. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. series two is just going to be even harder by the looks of things. Yes, I mean, she was supposed to be dead at this point as well so you know yes not popular though <laughs> no and she's uh, not not had an amazing fun time for a lot of the series or, or the, you know the years that sort of preceding the start of the events of the series and um, I, I feel like she's going to have an even less chirpy time in season two and I'm very intrigued to see and I, I do I do like this completely new and interesting direction and um, it kind of reminded me of Mortal Engines I think it's right. Oh, yes, yes. The one about the cities on wheels that chase each other. Yes. Yeah, with the film adaptation that managed to rip out most of the intelligence and add in like 20 more action scenes, but look oh, very beautiful. Yeah. And there's something about the exterior of the train and the one train eating the tail of the other that reminded me a lot of how the um, cities right. eat the towns in that giant metaphor that's very clever in the book. and, and so and, much and, in the film. Yeah, le- less well explained in the movie, although the movie did look beautiful. Yes. It, it looked exactly how I thought it would and that kind of steampunky type thing but I do like the contrast in the train of how high tech and utilitarian the the kind of actual workings of it are especially mm. up front where it's just clean and looks like it was all sponsored by Apple you know yeah and I like that and I'm curious to see what this other train this prototype supply train yeah well looks that looks like, like. yeah, yeah that, that's one of the things I, I want to see Wilford and how they're going to go with that character because he's had seven years to either become enlightened or very bitter and I'm assuming by utilising a daughter as a first point weapon it's going to be bitter uh, mm. but also I, I want I do really really want to see what the inside of that train looks like yeah. you know, has he built a war machine has he built something sustainable is, has his only goal been to catch up with them and everything else has been sacrificed for that one goal and actually there's just two of them because he's like got rid of everyone else on it just to make sure that 
that it was easier to obtain that. I, I, yeah. I have no idea at this point what's going to be in that train, and that that is very fascinating. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, and the dynamic that when Wilford turns up, you've then got half of Snowpiercer that will be backing Wilford, and half that are already upset with Melanie and the rebellion. So you've got these various factions that are going to side off on different ends. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued to see where they go with it in the second season. I thought the first season was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. But I think that's that's going to be really interesting to see that for a second season. Yeah. What else have you been watching and playing? Uh, I watched the first episode of Cursed. Okay. That's the new Arthurian legend series that's on Netflix. It's by Frank Miller and Tom Wheeler. And it's, it's based on an illustrated novel that they released. I think is now out, but it was like literally they were writing both at the same time. Tom Wheeler's written the screenplay as well. They created it together with Miller doing the illustrations for the book. It's essentially, it is Arthurian legend, except it, it starts a little bit earlier than it would normally, and it's told through the eyes of Nimu, who is the person that goes on to become the Lady of the Lake. It starts off with them living in this town. They're obviously magical creatures. It is a realm that has various kind of magical creatures and stuff in it. You've got people like Merlin that are still about, Arthur that's there. You've, you know, you, so you've got some of the characters and uh, Uther's in it as well. So you've got these various characters in there, but very much configured in a slightly different way with Nimu being the center of it, who is actually wielding the sword in the first episode at one point. So she doesn't know what it is, but her village is attacked by these knights who are streaming through the countryside and trying to get rid of the quote unquote demons that are running about. And they're just basically destroying all these magical villages. Uther isn't really doing much to actually stop them so it's when Nimu meets Arthur she manages to escape and it, it sort of follows this story it's also got Gustav Skarsgård in it who is a great actor he was Loki in the Viking series and he's playing a wonderfully bizarre version of Merlin who is basically a drunkard and is a crazy kind of magician type character and he does a brilliant job with that uh, Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why he's playing Nimu she's great in that role as well I really enjoyed the first episode of it. I haven't got around to watching any more of it yet because I've been working through Hannah, which is, you know this Amazon series? Yeah, I, it's been on my list of things to check out. Yeah. I haven't got around to it. I was exactly the same. I, it was on my list of things to, to watch and really hadn't got around to it. And for no other reason, just than other things would get in the way. And I kind of forget sometimes that these series are on Amazon. And I'll, I'll go and have a look and then scroll through and like oh yeah I need to watch the rest of that so whilst TV slowed down a little bit at the moment I've just been trying to pick out a show and go through them start to finish I'm working my way through Hannah right now I've done the whole of the first season I won't give any spoilers for the second season because that's the more recent one that came out but the basic plot is it starts off with a young mother who has essentially given away a child to this nefarious organization she changes her mind one of the guards at the organization tries to help her escape mother dies the guard is now left with this child and goes on the run and ends up living in the woods with her 15 years later we then meet hannah and he has been training her in the woods to make sure she can protect herself he's a very capable soldier and he's been training her not to leave the area but has been training her in hand-to-hand combat and weapons and all that sort of stuff he's essentially created this teenage assassin and she also has a few other abilities based on the fact that you know she was taken from this facility in the first place i don't want to try and give any more away than that but um i really enjoyed the first season of it i thought it was it was really solid second season is one of those rare occasions where it actually gets even better for the second season i love the setup of that i can't really tell you anything about that without giving away what happens at the end of season one so i won't go into any more detail on that but i really enjoyed the second season of it it's written by david farr who is the same person that wrote the night manager okay and he wrote a lot of the episodes of spooks as well he's got a solid 
track record behind him and uh, this is a really solid piece of work and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole of the first season and about halfway through season two at the moment it's well well worth going to watch if you've uh, not watched that yet the other thing that I've been catching up on is Miracle Workers Dark Ages which is hilarious the first season was set in a sort of version of heaven which was run more like a kind of office and Steve Buscemi played God and had basically checked out and he decided that he'd kind of given up on Earth and it was probably just worth destroying it and starting again and Daniel Radcliffe plays one of the angels who tries to kind of talk God out of this by proving that there is stuff worth saving on Earth. That was the first season. It's an anthology show though so the second season completely changes it. It's set in the Dark Ages for the second season. Daniel Radcliffe playing the prince and you have Steve Buscemi playing Murphy because we're a family show poop shoveler uh, (laughs) whose job (laughs) is with his daughter who is called Al played by um, I'm going to get this name horribly wrong Geraldine Vizwanathan I think her last name is Um, but uh, she is one of the central characters she plays Al who is Steve Buscemi's daughter there's just some great bits in it like there is a big convention for the people in his industry and he turns up and somebody comes out on stage and does a sort of Apple-esque style presentation introducing the whole. The idea being that people have been pooping on the floor and you turn up with a shovel and pick it up and take it away. But he's come up with this revolutionary new invention called the whole, which... (laughs) (laughs) So there's a sort of episode that follows everything going on with that and stuff. It's just various silly situations set in the Dark Ages, but it really, really funny. I am thoroughly enjoying that and uh, that's a Sky Comedy if you want to go watch that. The f- I think season one and two are both available all on demand if you want to go and find those. But uh, that Miracle Workers, Dark Ages is the second season. The first season it was just called Miracle Workers. The other thing that I've been watching is I caught up with a bit more of Seven Worlds, One Planet, which is this David Attenborough nature series. One of the reasons I've been watching some more of this is I originally watched a couple of episodes because I interviewed Bertie Gregory, who is the cinematographer or one of 52 cinematographers actually on that show but he did one of the key episodes which was set in South America and uh, that episode was nominated for a BAFTA very happy to say that when I interviewed him he was BAFTA nominated he is now a BAFTA winner so I'm very happy for him for that Uh, the South America episode is spectacular they filmed a bunch of spectacle bears which are the bears that Paddington Bear is a spectacle bear that's what the bear is based off they are incredibly rare to get shots of and they manage to go and get shots of them and also them how they go and collect fruit and stuff and I found that absolutely fascinating they also managed to walk along with a bunch of pumas using various camera technology which are incredibly rare animals and they were on the endangered species list and they're, they're thankfully seem to be making a comeback but that is a, is a just an incredible documentary series from start to finish and uh, it, it's called Seven Worlds One Planet it's on iPlayer if you like those nature shows as I said I think last week it's one of those things where I don't really watch that many nature shows because I'm kind of don't think I'm that into them and then when you sit down and watch them you go why don't I watch more of these yeah especially when they're as beautifully beautifully shot as these BBC ones are they're just stunning to kind of immerse yourself into and it's a way of seeing amazing things on our planet and I think at the moment people might need to see some of the beautiful things that are there Um, and you know that that these are things that normal human beings could never witness and their work to get some of these shots is phenomenal yeah the amount of work that goes into it I mean they, you know Bertie talks about this in the interview that we did with him uh, if you've subscribed to the podcast you will have it in your feed it will be the episode before this it's one of the behind the scenes episodes if not you can go to the website geektown.co.uk and uh, you go to click the podcast link you will find it on the website there but it, he was fantastic to talk to it's really interesting because we don't often get chance to talk to people who are that specialised in a particular 
industry, you know, most of the cinematographers, you know, are working on film or TV. It's such a specialized thing, wildlife photography. So it's just really interesting just to hear the amount of stuff that they go through to be able to get this footage and how much they shoot and what they shoot. And I, he was fascinating. So it's a really great interview. He's only 26 as well. And he's been doing this since he was 20 or 21 years old, something like that. So he's incredibly experienced. He's incredibly sought after. He's an amazing drone pilot. And uh, that's one of the, the key things he does. Just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal work. And uh, that well, well worth going to watch. That's all the stuff I've been watching. The only thing I've been playing is Sims 4 <laughs> recently, <laughs> just because it's one of those games that they've got like 50% off deals on a bunch of the packs and things. So I was playing around with that. They've got a new eco pack out, which is quite nice. It adds lots of ecological stuff as a sort of extra layer to the whole setup. And uh, I got that. You know, I've never played any of the Sims games. Oh, they're great fun. Just being I, able to, I, I, I like being I, able to I've build things. Sim City, but not anything since it turned into The Sims. It's been this strange kind of thing that everybody else really, really seemed to throw themselves into that I never really understood. Kind of like Minecraft. Yeah, I mean... I'm aware of it. I've seen <laughs> lots of clips of it, but I, I've never understood the why bit. I don't begrudge anyone that enjoys it, of course, but I just don't understand it. <laughs> well, I mean, I love building stuff in games. That's why I enjoy playing with it. I mean, I spend half my time actually just building buildings in the game rather than actually playing with the characters. I spend so much time that I just enjoy building things and uploading them and stuff. So uh, that's always great fun. You could make yourself in that game, though, <laughs> if you wanted to. Is one of me not enough? I think one of me is exactly one to too many. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have a little digital version of you. Plus I'd just fall over stuff and the entire game would explode and your save file would eat itself. It would be a very short game. <laughs> yes, that is true. You'd have to make the character particularly clumsy. Anyway, that's the stuff I've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. TV and film news, we kick off with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Three renewals this week. Well, two renewals and one sort of return. Grantchester, the ITV series, that's been renewed for a sixth season for those that like your ecclesiastical detectives. Um, so, uh, yes, that that is back for a sixth season if you uh, want to go and watch that. We don't know when it's going to arrive. It's one of those things that they've said they're hoping to shoot from September until about January. So there is a possibility it may land in the sort of early next year slot at some point. It really depends on very much when they can actually go and shoot and how much longer it takes to do when they've got to do all the extra prep for the coronavirus stuff. So we'll see. But they have announced that it is returning. So that's good. Hannah, which I was talking about earlier, has been renewed for a third season as well. So I'm very happy about that. I'm, as I say, I'm halfway through the second season, so I'm interested to see where it goes. And the third thing was Darren Brown, who is the mentalist and not magic so much, but, you know, the guy that plays with, with people's heads. He is coming back with a two-hour special and a new live stunt on Channel 4 at some point over the summer. We don't know exactly when yet, but it's going to be a two-hour special, which is a sort of retrospective of some of his other stuff because he's been doing it for like 20 years or something. Then he's also going to have a live stunt on there as well. So that'll be one to look out for. Are you a fan of Darren? Brown. I liked some of the mentalist type aspects of the stuff that he's done and some of the interesting ways of how you can, you know, like with, with a lot of tricks and things where you put an idea in someone's head, then yeah. you say, think of an animal and they think of a tiger because they don't realize you actually just put pictures of tigers and mm. sound effects of tigers hidden in all the media between the train station and the venue. Yeah, I like those kind of things and the fact he kind of deconstructed some of those things. Yeah, he's also the guy that likes to sit in glass boxes, isn't he? No, that's, that's the American and I can't think of his name 
game. I can only think of what Marcus Brigstock used to refer to him as the git wizard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't know that statement and, and use it accidentally against somebody else then. I apologize, Darren Brown. I appear to have accidentally merged you with someone whose career started in a similar place and then they found lots of perspex and a love of heights. Um, yes. Can you tell it's been a long day? Yes, Hi, I can. My name is Tristan Brighton. I'm tired. <laughs> Oh, so cancellations. We have uh, Jim Carrey's Kidding series. That's been cancelled after two seasons, although I, I haven't watched any of it. I'm told that the second season kind of rounded off reasonably well. So I don't know whether that was pre-planned or not, but it's definitely been cancelled after two seasons. Briar Patch, which was a kind of detective series starring Rosario Dawson, has been dropped after one season by USA Network. It was from Sam Ishmael, the guy that made Mr. Robot and I'd seen a couple of episodes of it when I was in America because I interviewed one of the guys involved with it and it's wonderfully weird and what's nice actually is I hope somebody does pick that single season up because it's an anthology series so it works as one self-contained story anyway so I hope somebody picks it up and it finds a life somewhere just as as a kind of limited series because it was really good the few episodes I saw of it and it's wonderfully strange in the way that Sam Ishmael's stuff tends to be. There's a weird backdrop to it that I think there'd been a storm and it had broken some of the fences in the local zoo. So you'd end up with this kind of detective story and then every so often like a giraffe or something will walk behind it. It was just really bizarre. Yeah, The giraffe's head would just pull her out and it'd be sort of like, where did that giraffe get that hat? (laughs) That's the answer. I suspect it's tied into the story somewhere later on, but it's not referenced other than sort of one reference in the first couple of episodes it's not really referenced again but it's used to, to sort of effect of of just the, in the background you'll see an elephant or, or a big cat or something walk past it's, I, it just I'd love to adds see to the weirdness of this that missed the first episode yeah. I just had no idea uh, even that or there's going to be a you know there'll be a big reveal that actually there was no zoo <laughs> yes maybe it is I don't know but it, it's particularly strange and weird and uh, I rather loved it so it's a shame that uh, that got canned after one season and it's never been picked up over here but I hope somebody decides to wear it it'll be a good space filler for somebody because as I say it's an anthology series so it is a self-contained story that one season so that's Briar Patch. Paramount Network have scrapped their plans for a sexy beast prequel series, which they had in development. So that's now not coming. And USA Network have scrapped their plans for an Evil Knievel limited series they had with Milo Ventimiglia playing Evil Knievel. They're both being shopped around to other networks, so they may turn up again, but basically part of the coronavirus issues for the Evil Knievel series because Milo was supposed to be shooting that in the intervening break between This Is Us seasons and with the coronavirus shutting everything down obviously they couldn't film anything so that means that it got kind of pushed and pushed and they've just decided oh forget it it sounds like it's been shopped around with him still on board because I think he's an exact producer on it so it it may still appear again but I don't know there's going to be most people out there that probably don't know who Evil Knievel is but do you remember Evil Knievel? 70s stuntman yeah I know Evil Knievel there was a lot of toys as well yes there were they had had a little motorbike that you could pull back and and things yeah you'd pull them and then you'd launch them off the side of the sofa and your, your mother would yell at you for smashing the telly. Those ones. Yes, those ones. Yes. Yeah. There was a series in development at USA Network for that. Uh, it's now not at USA Network, but it is still being shopped around, so it may pop up again. And Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to miss its August premiere date, which I don't think comes as a huge shock to anybody because they were going to only start shooting again in August. I mean, we'd been holding out hope that maybe, maybe it might be they only had a few things to do at the end and it would sort of go out at the end of August and they'd be able to do it but um, yeah, no. or they'd be able to release the first half or something and, yeah. but yeah I guess they want to do the whole thing in, in one go when it's all finished or they've still got some shots to shoot that actually chronologically go in quite early maybe so don't know exactly what the reasoning is but we know the shooting was delayed so they haven't given us a new date for it yet but it is going to miss its August premiere date unfortunately uh, so uh, the, the 
annoying thing about of course this sort of stuff is when one Marvel show gets knocked back the chances are it's going to have to knock back some of the others because they're a connected universe and one thing can't come out before something else so if they're interconnected in some way then may have to move some other things around as well now but we'll see I mean but then they may have had to do that because everything was shut down so yes there's that in terms of pickups and advanced air dates uh, New Legends of Monkey that uh, season 2 of that's got a 7th of August air date if you want to go watch that Dirty John season 2 which is called Dirty John Betty that is coming on the 14th of August on Netflix they're both Netflix shows CSI Cyber which is a very cancelled show at this point but uh, the second season I don't think aired on normal TV over here and uh, CBS Justice have announced that they will be airing the second season in October so if you want to go watch that and you've got Sky or presumably Virgin I'm assuming it's on there as well that will be landing in October and uh, I Hate Susie which is the new Billy Piper series it re-teams her with her was it Secret Diary of a Core Girl the show that she was on yes, the, yes. she was very good in that yes it's the writer of that with Billy Piper again and they're doing this show together 27th of August that's arriving on Sky Atlantic it's about somebody who is a, a public celebrity who gets her accounts hacked and compromising photos and videos leaked so that's the setup for it apparently that's called i hate susie that's coming to sky atlantic on the 27th of august on to bigger news stories disney plus have announced a new star wars animated series called the bad batch it's based around the clone wars characters it's from dave filoni and it is coming in 2021 so it's the same team that are behind star wars rebels and star wars the clone wars it is going to be following the elite and experimental clones of the bad batch who were first introduced in the clone wars as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Members of the Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possessed a singular exceptional skill which makes them an extremely effective soldiers and formidable crew. In the post-clone war era, they take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. That's the setup for it. I rather like the sound of this. I think that's an interesting group to pick up on. Yeah, the animated Star Wars series is, uh, tend to go down pretty well, better than uh, quite a lot of the uh, large screen um, yes. things that have been going on in recent years and um, things like Clone Wars sort of went up and down a bit in quality Rebels just seem to consistently kind of get better for yeah. the large chunk of it that I saw they seem to sort of find their pacing on that and um, had the most amazing Sith rotating lightsaber yeah. thing in, in, in the absolute world and um, yeah I, I've got reasonably high hopes for this I, I think it will take approximately three seconds from when they sort of drop a proper trailer for this for somebody to set it along to music from the Bloodhound gang based on that title. Um, <laughs> but I think I think it'll be good. And I, I think it's nice to expand in this direction and pick up on, on these kind of characters. And they did have in things like Clone Wars and Rebels, they had some of the wayward stormtrooper type clones um, mm. pop up in those occasionally. And it's just a fascinating kind of other side that you don't see that much in a, in a mainline bit of Star Wars media. That's normally the sort of thing you only see in the kind of extended universe type things shown in any real depth. So I think that could be quite cool. There's an endless amount of things you can make around Star Wars. Yeah. And they are going to keep coming up with new new ways of expanding that. And if the recent animated series is there anything to go off, then yeah, I think it'd be good fun. It's the same team, basically, it, led by Dave Filoni. It's the same team that were behind Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. The Bad Batch, as a unit, were actually in the seventh season of Clone Wars. So Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Crosshair are the main group. They um, also rescued a character called Echo alongside Anakin and Rex, which resulted in Echo joining the group as well, who was another kind of bad batch clone so it's nice as a kind of interesting direction to continue that clone wars story on a bit and fill out under the interesting little unique area of the universe it gives us a different kind of protagonist as well they've come from a very different beginning than the central protagonist of the mm. previous animated series so it gives us a very 
different viewpoint as well. And I, I think that's always a good thing because it means it changes things up. It stops them trying to do a repeat of what they've done before. And I, yeah, I look forward to this one. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, so coming 2021, apparently that one, because the nice thing about animation is you can do it whilst you're in lockdown in places and not have to worry about sending people out filming anywhere. So uh, that's good. So that's coming in 2021. That's called Star Wars The Bad Batch. It'll be on Disney+. Plus. And uh, another animated series as well, this time over on Amazon, they've announced that Zachary Quinto and Kari Payton have joined the cast of Invincible. Invincible was a comic book from Robert Kirtland, who is the creator of The Walking Dead. That's why Kari Payton is in there. In actual fact, Invincible, the story follows Mark Grayson, who's actually played by Stephen Young, who, of course, is also from Walking Dead. He's a regular teenager whose father just so happens to be the most powerful superhero in the world, Omni-Man, played by J.K. Simmons. Shortly after his 17th birthday, Mark begins to develop powers of his own and enters into his father's tutelage, only to discover that Omni-Man's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. The new characters that these two guys are portraying, uh, Kari Payton is voicing Black Samson, a member of the Guardians of the Globe, while Quinto will play Robot, an ally of the superhero Invincible. I don't know this comic book particularly. I don't know which one you've read. I haven't read this particular one i know various comic books of this ilk that like to go through and deconstruct the genre and look yeah. at things with a slightly more realistic slant um, obviously things like the boys and powers and stuff like that as well i quite like things that sort of take the generic tropes of the genre and just mess with them mm. and um yeah, I haven't read this particular one, but I do quite like things in that area. I think the trick with them is to make sure they are, when you adapt them further and slightly more mainstream audience, like putting it on Amazon, making sure that it's not so referential to, to other things that it's, it has a little bit of a barrier to entry on it, which usually means they have to lean into very obvious superhero stereotypes. But I mean, based on the name of the main superhero's legacy he's trying to live up to, Omni-Man, I'm assuming that's exactly what they were going for. Yeah, I mean, I find it quite interesting that they went with an animation for this. I think it's one of those shows that maybe if they'd gone for live action, it might have been a little too much like The Boys. So they went for, for animation so they could do something slightly different with it. But, well, it uh, also means it will probably as tends to be with a lot of these animations. I'm assuming they're probably going to PG-13 it. I don't know what the comic is or what I the comic um, was originally, whereas The Boys is obviously... Um, <laughs> Very much 18, yes. Yeah, that's 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 the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they've still got more casting announcements to come, but they have got a few more cast in there already. Uh, Zazie Beats, who played Domino brilliantly in Deadpool 2, is going to play... She's Am great. Yeah, she's brilliant. Uh, Amber Bennett, she's playing, who is the girlfriend of Mark Grayson, Stephen Young's character. Andrew Reynolds from Girls is playing Mark's best friend, William. Walter Goggins from Justified will be playing government liaison Cecil Stedman. Mark Hamill is in there playing the superhero Taylor Art. Gillian Jacobs from Community is portraying superhero Atom Eve. Jason Matsukas, I think his name is, uh, from Big Mouth, is playing Rex Splodes. That's a brilliant name. Rex Splode, his name is, yes. And Seth Rogen is also in there playing Alan the Alien, which sounds like a very Seth Rogen character to me. Yeah, that sounds like they let him pick his own character. He does, he does <laughs> And he didn't rather. actually read anything beyond the name, no. and he's quite happy with that decision is what that sounds like. I, I'm fairly sure. Um, we haven't got an exact date for it yet, but it is expected to arrive at some point before the end of the year because it's an animated thing so they've been working on it for a while now we'll see what other cast they announce we may get some uh, more announcements later this week because it is of course Comic Con at home this week most of the Comic Cons have gone by the wayside but when you San Diego Comic Con you create a large online thing instead so it's called Comic Con at home that's starting technically on the 22nd although most of the panels are 23rd, 24th 25th and 26th a lot of panels on that there's a huge star trek set of panels amazon got a bunch of panels for truth seekers which is the uh, new simon Pegg and nick frost show utopia as well which is their remake of utopia which i'm very very interested to see 
They've got panel for the boys, panel for upload, panels for The Walking Dead and The Walking Dead Beyond and Hellstrom, which is the new Marvel Hulu series. There is one for For All Mankind for Brave New World. Uh, there is a conversation with Nathan Fillion. There is a thing from Cosmos Possible Worlds as well. So there's, there's loads and loads of other stuff in there. But uh, there's going to be lots of stuff at Comic-Con at home over the end of this week to uh, watch out for. So, uh, yes, if we've been a little bit light on news this week, it's because we're sort of in that tide receding bit of the tsunami before it all comes crashing down, I'm fairly sure, towards the end of the week. I don't know whether you're going to sit and watch any of these. I will probably sit and watch a few of these panels, I suspect. I would love to, and I I love the fact that they've brought the amount of stuff online that they have and I think it's a brilliant idea I think we need something like this to look forward to and to still have the closest we can to a Comic-Con this year so I think it's awesome that with such short notice they've managed to put together such a impressive list of people and panels so I will try to my own schedule is insanely hectic but I will try to catch bits and pieces of it in in between yes we will of course if there's news that comes out of those panels we will of course be distilling those news across onto the website so you'll be able to find stuff over on geektown.co.uk as well so that's all the stuff for this week now we have some highlights for next week on tv Highlights for next week. We have In the Long Run returning with Idris Elba for its third season. That's on Sky One on the 23rd of July at 10 p.m. Then we have Katie Keene, the one season of the Riverdale spin-off-ish that is coming to BBC iPlayer. That's on the 25th of July. You can catch that and it's already been cancelled, but if you want to see the one and only season, it's there. Also on iPlayer slash BBC Three, but iPlayer basically. Uh, Motherland Fort Salem, which comes on the 26th of July from 6am. It's set in an alternate America where witches ended their persecution by cutting a deal with the government to fight for their country. Motherland Fort Salem follows three young women from their training to deployment as they fight terrorist threats with supernatural tactics. I think that sounds like it could be quite good fun. It was a free film series, I think. So, I mean, it's going to be very teen drama but I think it could be quite good. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Yes, um, neither do I other than that, basically. <laughs> <laughs> is it based on anything in particular or is this one that was the, the concept itself was just put together for this for this show? I don't think so. One of those ones where you're like, surely that was a comic book first. I don't think it was actually. I think it was invented for a TV show, but it does sound like it should have been a comic book beforehand. Looks like it was an original story. So yeah, that sounds quite interesting then. I think we need we've, we've had a few supernatural type shows uh, wrap up. So maybe this could be another one to, to fill that void yeah and and it all going to be on iplayer as well so uh, that will be one that everybody can go and watch if they like good girls season three that lands on the 26th of july that was very funny that uh, it's a comedy about three suburban mums that turn into criminals and uh, it's got christina hedricks and it. it is very very funny that finally we have air dates for swat and macgyver macgyver starts on sky one for season four on the 26th of july at 8 p.m that is followed by swat season three on the 26th of july at 9pm. Been a long time coming those, but they're finally here. Prodigal Son, that's the serial killer drama with Tom Payne and Michael Sheen, which looks fantastic. That is coming on Sky One on the 28th of July at 9pm. I'm very much looking forward to that one. Coroner Season 2, that comes to Sky Witness on the 29th of July at 9pm. And Fear the Walking Dead Season 5 comes to Amazon Prime. I know it's already aired on AMC, but it comes to Amazon Prime on the 29th of July if you want to go and watch that and catch up with your walking dead zombies so that is everything for this week where can people find you if they want more information and go and see you i mostly live in the land of twitch (laughs) it's all blurring into one but generally i'm streaming on twitch seven times a week at the moment and um, we hang out both in the daytime and in the evenings we do a mixture of just chatting streams for anyone who is working from home or 
or furloughed, you can come and hang out. And we just talk about a whole load of random geek nonsense and go off on all kinds of tangents and just generally hang out and have a laugh. And we play games in the evening, as I've mentioned, Alien Isolation on the Saturdays, Limbo on the Tuesdays and, and retro games on, on the Fridays that I let you guys choose. So that's all good fun. Uh, you can also find me as Trustabytes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a load of content over on YouTube. Yes. So go and check those out. And uh, oh, if you're a fan of retro games, Antstream as well, because you've got a discount code for that, haven't you? I do at the moment. Yes. I've been working with the lovely guys over at Antstream. They are a streaming service for retro games. So things like the Speccy, the Atari, the Amiga, the C64 and arcade games. They've got, I think it's a thousand and seventy something, but it goes up every week. And wow. uh, my name is a 50% off code for the year, but you can do that monthly and cancel at any time. So it's 50% off for as much time as you want for up to a year. Awesome. If you're into retro gaming, definitely worth going to do that, I think. And that's antstream.com, I'm assuming. Yep, it is. Or if people want to find me on social media and things, I've got links to it everywhere because I'm very, very proud of the fact that my name is a discount code. (laughs) I I think that's a sign that I've made it. (laughs) Or you've been discounted. (laughs) Well, fine. You you could put it like that and, and then they never spoke again <laughs> <laughs> so for other people as well you could go and check out matt over at entertainmenttalk.org for a lot more podcasts over there and for us if you want to visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week you can see all the latest air date information and lots more tv news if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we will see you with a a post comic con show next week so there should be lots and lots of comic con news hopefully and we'll see what happens but uh, we will see you then bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.